Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Spurs 82 Plus Podcast, where we will try to get a podcast out for every game, including the postseason. I am your host, CJ, and with me is my twin brother, TJ. Hey guys. Now, normally we would have our older brother, JD, here, but uh, we're recording this in the afternoon instead of the evening, so he's got work. The reason for that is because of the Super Mario Odyssey midnight launch. Yeah. So with that out of the way, why don't we get straight on to the uh, game? Alright, so um, the game we're talking about today is the San Antonio Spurs versus the Miami Heat. Um, 117-100, to 100, Spurs win, and they have gone 4-0. and oh. TJ, what did you think of this game? I thought it was a pretty good game. Uh, clearly, the, uh, I mean, the score really speaks for itself. I mean, the, the Heat are a great team. They're really fun to watch. I especially love how Eric Spolstra coaches them. But uh, the difference in um, the, the difference in standing is clear but just by looking at that score. I mean, granted, they didn't have Whiteside, but we didn't have Kawhi either. So, yeah. Yeah, it kind of evened out. I mean, as even as it can be, especially because we are out without Tony Parker, who's going to be sent to the G League, apparently. Yeah, whether that goes beyond the training camp that's in San Antonio or not, we'll see. But if he shows up in Austin, you can bet we'll be there. Oh, you know that's right. So back to the game. Um, I got the box score right here. Let's talk about LaMarcus Aldridge. He went 6 of 7 on free throws, 12 of 20 from the field, 1 out of 1 three-pointers. He got 31 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block, 2 steals. Yet another great performance by LaMarcus. Like, I was, I was worried to say that LaMarcus is back because I was worried that, you know, it it was the beginning of the season, but we're four games in, and every single game, he's had at least 20 points and gotten close to having a double-double each time, usually only by three or two blocks. So the fact that he's playing this well is amazing. Of course, as always, the disclaimer is what will happen when Kawhi comes back, but knowing how... Knowing how Kawhi plays, and looking at how the Spurs are playing without Kawhi, I see this continuing even when Kawhi shows up. Because if you look at how they're playing, yeah, LaMarcus is getting more, um, you know, getting the ball earlier in the game, but that's fine. I mean, Kawhi can still do that. A lot of the times when I watch, they're, they're not trying to actively only use LaMarcus. I mean, if you look at the spread, there are plenty of other people scoring tons of points, especially when LaMarcus is on the floor. It's more of the... They're kind of using the offense around LaMarcus in the sense that when they can, they try to give him a post-up, and they give him the balls that he can try to set it up. I don't want to say set up the play, because it's not really like a point guard setup, but more of they know, use LaMarcus to your advantage, have him post up people, have him playing and bane in the paint, and then when they inevitably double-team him, because they're going to need to double-team him, then he can kick out and go to an open man, and Kawhi can thrive in that situation. Right now, the biggest problem with the offense, in my opinion, is the fact that occasionally the offense will break down and there's not really anyone there, with the exception of maybe Rudy Gay and Ginobili, that can really create offense when the offense breaks down. Sure, we have tons of people who can throw up desperation shots and make them go in. Lamarcus is one of them. Danny is one of them. Pat Patty is one of them. Kyle is actually pretty good at that. But we don't have anyone that thrives in making a shot out of a crappy crappy possession. So 
I think that's what Kawhi's going to really be dominant in offense on this season. But that's just my opinion. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I honestly think that – I think Lamarcus's numbers will suffer a little when Kawhi comes back, but that's just always what happens when another scoring option shows up on the team. I don't think his level of play is going to get any lower, and I think his efficiency might get a little higher as he starts getting better looks because we've got, you know, Kawhi eating a defender. I can see that, but when I say that I don't see his numbers dropping up too much, I mean he won't be... I still think he'll be doing 20 points a game at least because we've seen in the past when Kawhi is there, he is capable of doing that. No, 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 no doubt. I, I, I completely agree on that. Um... So, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. Kawhi, when he comes back, will be just an even better team. Definitely. Moving on, um, let's talk about Pau Gasol. What did you think of his game this past game? Well, I think he was a little bit better on offense than he was in the uh, past three. What if I told you he was 5 of 8 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 1 block, 1 steal, on 18, might as well be 19 minutes. And what about the points? How many did he score? 13. That's actually better than I thought it was. I thought he only had like 9. No, I know, right? I was thinking to myself, man, Powell didn't have that good of a game, but I'm looking at this box score, and I'm like, actually, he had a pretty good game when you consider the amount of minutes he played. Yeah, 19 minutes and almost a double-double, just one thing block, that really, just one rebound away. Yeah, and the only thing that really hurt his uh, his stats is that he had three turnovers. Yeah, but to be fair, it's early season. That's always going to happen to players. Even Danny had some bad tw- uh, turnovers this game. Right, but I'm I'm also because we've been saying that a lot that you know it's just the early season. And yeah, that's true. But at what point do we have to start putting our foot down, saying no, too many turnovers. This is bad. I'd say around fifteen games in, in my opinion. Okay, we'll come back in fifteen games. If we're still saying this, then we should probably have that discussion, don't you think? Yeah, but as we saw during the Raptors game, even though it, the one thing I want to stress, when we have really bad turnover games, in the past historically we lose them because of our turnovers. But because we won that Raptors game, I'm not having I I know turnovers are bad, but I'm not having as much of an animosity towards the guys doing the turning over because I know that we're able to not take it in stride. Is the good thing that we're turning over the ball? Absolutely not. They do need to work on that, but still, it's not as bad as it has been in past seasons. Right. Moving on, Danny Green. Man, I know every time we get to the game portion and we start talking about this, I always go on and on about how awesome Danny Green's been playing and how crazy it is that he can dribble now, but you know it's crazy when Jeff Van Gundy can't stop talking about it on commentary. I know, right? I, I think I turned to you during the game and when Jeff was going on about Danny and said, hey, you sound just like you, bro. I know, and I was talking to myself, yeah, that's right. Vindication. I'm not crazy for thinking this is amazing. Um, let's talk about his stats, though. Six of seven from the field. Three of four from the three-point. Um, seven rebounds. Three assists. One block. Only one turnover. Hmm. Guess it. Guess 15 that. Fifteen points. I thought he had more, but I guess it was just because that one turnover he did have was egregious. Right, but no, yeah, Danny Green had an amazing game, and he's really playing. This is a contract year, I think, and I, he's playing like it. 
Yeah, I think it's really. I don't think it's so much as it's contract here, so he wants to you know do well to get money. Though that does help. I think it's just more of that. He knows that the past two seasons he hasn't been as fiery from the three, and he has had tried to work on his dribbling. So I just think right now we're just seeing the fruits of his labor of him working hard to get that done so that he can be that extra offensive guy because we we need we needed that last season and unfortunately no one was able to step up. So I think Danny and a few of the Woody, I think the rest of the team decided after last season we need to be able to step up. The only person right now who isn't really stepping up is Patty, but I think that's because it's a slow season and I've noticed actually that he tends to start off either really, really hot and then drop off somewhere down the middle or starts out kind of bad in the beginning and then picks up near the end. No, yeah, I hear you. But the other thing about Danny Green that I really want to point out is that his defense is still top level. It's not like he's doing this and sacrificing some of his D. No, he's still that amazing defender that was all defense second team last year. And even then, you could argue that he was snubbed quite a few of those years previously. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's great. It It's really showing that our players are, are two-way players. They're not just offensive. They're not just offensive. Then they, Yeah, some of them do better on offense, like Marcus, and some of them do better on defense, like Danny. But we still have two-way players that play on both sides of the floor and are willing to do that without and are being able to do it without sacrificing what their strengths are. Right. Now, moving on from one of my favorite Spurs to another one of my favorite Spurs, Kyle Anderson, man. Kyle Anderson has been having such a good year so far. Did he get yet another another double-double? He got 12 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block, no turnovers, 4 of 8 from the field, 4 of 6 from the free throw. Unbelievable. Believe in the slow-mo. Yeah, I, I can't believe Mike Breen didn't know that his nickname was Slow-Mo. JVG's are like, it's Slow-Mo. And, he, and Mike Breen's are like, did you just coin a new nickname? And here we are saying, that's been his nickname since college. Yeah, I know. That was hilarious. But to be fair, really, their commentary is more for the casual viewer who has no idea that Slow-Mo was his nickname from college, maybe even high school. So... I'll give him a little bit of a pass, even though, yeah, it's like, no, JVG, JVG did not come up with that. It's been Kyle Anderson's nickname for forever. No, yeah, but it's just great that he's playing so well. He's really earned a slot in the rotation. Even after Kawhi comes back, he's really earned that he should get plenty of good minutes. Yeah, like I said, I feel like he's going to be the backup for LaMarcus, because we, we have Joffrey to back up um, Powell. And Rudy Gay is the new backup for Kawhi. And, you know, Manu backs up uh, Danny. Patty backs up DeJounte and maybe Tony, depending on how well Tony plays. But we don't really have a true power forward backup. So, I I mean, Davis isn't really getting into the rotation. So, I think just put Kyle Anderson there. Yeah, I was going to bring it up because Davis hasn't been playing. So, maybe that is what Pop's going to go with. And then, of course, you can put in uh, Forbes or Paul whenever you need either more shooting or and you can probably put Davis in there as well, or Paul Brandon Paul for when you want more defense because his defense is really good. Unfortunately, I don't like having to bring this up, but Dejounte Murray had a terrible game. He went zero six from the field. He got three rebounds, three assists, one turnover, no points. Well, again, he's a 
he's a sophomore in the league. You you can't expect him to be going up every single game. I'm fine with it because one, he, we really didn't need him to play amazing this game, and two, it allows him to grow. It allows him to know, hey, yeah, you you're a good player. You're really good. Your ceiling is in the atmosphere. You could be a superstar. But you're not there yet. You still have to work. And I think that's good Good for him to know, yeah, I need to work harder. I need to get stronger so that I can be consistent. He is only in the second year. Consistency isn't going to be there until maybe next year or even the year after. Right, right. And honestly, I'm, it's not that big of a deal. These games always happen. But, you know, it's after we've been talking him up, especially after that huge game he had just last game, the game before, it's like, you know, seeing this really bad performance is just weird. It's important to note that his plus minus, he was still a plus nine. It's not like he was, he's still doing good work on defense. It's not like he's, you know, suddenly a liability on the court. Yeah, I think it's just he wasn't able to get to the whim as much as he normally likes to. So we had to take jump shots and that's his big weakness. I would agree, yeah. Some of those jump shots were painful. Then there's Rudy Gay. Man, what a game for Rudy Gay. Six of eight from the field, one of two from the three-point line. He had two rebounds, four assists, one steal, I think. Yeah, one steal, 22 points, man. Freaking Rudy Gay, man. He came in clutch in some of the those later possessions in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like I said, he's he and Manu are two of the guys that I saw can take a crappy possession and actually be able to score off of them. I wouldn't say like they thrive in them, but they, they can use them and be able to convert them into points. Uh, that That's part of why I said that other than those two, we uh, Kawhi will probably be the main go-to guy for that type of stuff. But he's just proving, Rudy Gay is just proving that the Achilles injury that he had doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, he's yeah he's still a little bit slower, but that's because he needs to get back to game shape. And the fact that he can still do this, even after an Achilles injury, is phenomenal. Speaking of Manu, man, look look at look at his game. He had 6-12 from the field, 14 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist. He had a pretty good offensive game this time. Definitely. It, it really looks like a uh, flashback. I mean... I mean, yeah, he's not going to put up the monstrous numbers, but again, he doesn't have to. He's putting up great numbers, especially for his age. So he's just playing well, and I'm, I'm really glad he came back. That's pretty much what we're going to be saying every game, it seems like, though. That we were glad that Manu came back, and he's still contributing. So, yeah, thanks for coming back, Manu. No doubt. We really appreciate you. So that was pretty much the game. Any other thoughts that really, you know, stuck out to you? Mm, just that, you know, it, it was a good game, and it's uh, I really do like the Heat. I really hope that they can uh, continue to do well and uh, hopefully make the playoffs this year. All right. Um, moving on. So something else special was about that game. Not only did the Spurs go 4-0, they're one ga- game away, one win away from going 5-0, and which if they do, will be the best start in franchise history. That's insane, especially since we're doing it without Kawhi or Tony. I know, crazy, right? What's even crazier is also if you look at the the standings, we are the number one seed right now. If the playoffs were to start right now, we would be in the first seed. Yeah, and isn't the only other undefeated team right now the Clippers? Yeah, they're the only undefeated at three and zero. I think they're playing a game on today as we record this. Well, not right as we record this, but they're playing it on 
the 26th, the evening of the 26th, they're playing the Blazers, so that could go either way. Be interesting to see what happens there. Definitely. I'm hoping the Blazers win. <laughs> well, of course. You want you know you want the Spurs to be the only undefeated team just for even just that brief moment where they start talking about how we are the best team in the NBA, you know? Well, I think the big thing is that imagine. Imagine we go undefeated all the way to where we're facing the Warriors for the first time. That'll be a great narrative. And imagine what would happen if we won. The thing is that that's not implausible because we face the Magic, the Pistons, the Celtics, and then the Warriors. Right, so the Magic have been playing... Not Pistons, Pacers. It, it, it's the Magic, the Pacers, the uh, Celtics, and then the Warriors. I'm sorry. Okay, but, well, again, that doesn't really change anything of what I'm going to say. Because, like, the Magic are still a, they're a really good team. They're actually playing way better than everyone thought they were going to. So they're going to be another good test. Probably not quite as good of a test as the Raptors, but definitely a little bit tougher than the Heat. Um, the Pacers, they are... They are Let's be, let's be frank here. They're not very good. They got rid of Paul. They're they, tanking. Yeah, they lost Paul George. So that's... Unless we play down to the level even worse than we did the Bulls, that's pretty much a scheduled win. The Celtics, because they don't have Gordon Hayward, I think we're probably going to win that one as well. It'll probably be better since, you know, all we have to do is worry about Kyrie. Um, so, yeah. If we could potentially... If the guys continue to play well, if we don't play down to the opponent's level and, you know, fix the stuff that we've had trouble with these past four games, like especially the uh, turnovers, we could go undefeated until we get to the Warriors. And hopefully, Kawhi will be back by then. After all, Pop did not actually um, roll out him actually showing up that game to play. Right. And didn't he actually say that he might show up at some point during this road trip? Um, I'm not sure. I thought that was in reference to him showing up at the beginning of the homestand with uh, the Warriors. It might be. Let me see, because I don't know if Kawhi's traveling with the team for this, because we're on the East Coast road trip right now. No, no, he's traveling. I saw him at the game, I think, on uh, at Miami. So, we don't really know. He could be returning shortly. I could see him going returning for the Celtics game to get him some rhythm, and then he'll actually really play for the uh, Warriors game. I could see that happening. Yeah. Or I could see Pop pulling him out tell the Warriors game to give, you know, the rest of the guys more reps, make sure that they're ready, so that when he shows up for the Warriors game, they can all pretty much play well. Right, but, you know, that's something really funny we're seeing, because, you know... We would never, at the beginning of this season, we would never have thought about, well, we're undefeated. Well, we could actually be undefeated before we face the Warriors. But when you look at the teams we're about to play, it's a very legitimate possibility. It's not something that we can say, oh, that's not going to happen. Because you look at the teams, you look at the schedule, and we go, this could actually happen the way we're playing. Yeah, but again, they have to continue to play that well. They can't let up at all. They can't treat any of them as pushovers. They have to bring it every single night and... The good news is, so far, they are bringing it every single night. We just have to keep it up, keep playing sports basketball. Now, the only thing that could really en- endanger that is that the Pacers and the Celtics are a back-to-back. So, one of those games might be stolen from us because of that. Well, that is true. However, like you said, maybe Kawhi might play the Celtics game. And maybe they may blow out the Pacers where they can get some West. 
they've done that in the past where they blow out the bad team at the beginning to get some rest for the next, for the good team the next day. That's also true. So, yeah, that's that. Is there uh, any other Spurs news you can think of you want to talk about? Not really, but there's something I kind of want to digest a little bit that we didn't really actually dwell on when it came, comes to the Spurs being undefeated and number one seed. What's that? Everyone thought we were going to be fourth seed at uh, at the most. But why was Portland fourth seed? Well, okay, maybe not at the most. I, I think only Crazy said that the Spurs would be at the fifth. Most people thought we would be fourth through second. For the record, Portland is fourth seed right now. Well, it's because they're playing well. Anyways, but as I was saying, everyone was counting out the Spurs because of the quiet offseason we had. But you look, it's like... You sleep on them. It's like, oh, yeah, who's the biggest... Who's, the Warriors isn't going to be the uh, number one team, obviously. So who's going to be the biggest challenge? Is it the Thunder? Is it the Rockets? Maybe it's the Cavs when they get to the finals. So we can have Cavs, Warriors, four, because isn't that great? And yet, it seemed like most people were sleeping on the Spurs. I mean, you you know how I reacted when Taz Melissa on the Spurs finally said, hey, guys, um, we should pay attention to the Spurs here. They were still really good. They did go back-to-back 60-win seasons, so we can't count them out. And I think it's just really great that, you know, that the people who were paying attention, like Tess, like us, like the Soros, I guess, they knew, yeah, don't don't count out the Spurs because they are good and they will catch you sleeping. But I think it's just really amazing that everyone was pretty much sleeping on us and yet now we're proving that, that they shouldn't have. Hopefully, they'll be able to keep this for the rest of the season because, again, it's early. But I like that if we're starting out this strong now, Hopefully, we can be even stronger later on. Right. I do want to point out that some of this is definitely strength of schedule. I mean, you look at the the teams we've beaten. Um, there's no real challenge until the Celtics and the Warriors. Well, I'd say the Raptors were a real challenge. Okay, yeah, Raptors aside. Because, I mean, like, the T-Wolves, yeah, they were they were hard, but they weren't, you know, it was the T-Pups still. They still haven't they have yet to prove whether or not they really will be for real this year, you know? Though they did beat the Thunder. That's true, so maybe, who knows, maybe they will be for real. Um, but then after the Warriors, we still have the Hornets and the Suns. You know, they're bad teams. Well, the Hornets will, I wouldn't say the Hornets are bad, they're just, you know... Uh, mediocre? Yeah, mediocre. The The Suns are bad, though. And then the Clippers, which that's another good test, because they're, they're a playoff team. And then the Bucks. The Bucks will be fun. And then you get the Bulls and the Mavs again. They suck. And then we get back to the T-Pups. That'll be fun to see how we have, things have shaked up since then. And hopefully Kawhi will be back. And then um, the Thunder. So that'll be fun. That'll be a challenge. And then you get the Hawks and the Pelicans, which aren't going to be too much of a challenge, along with the Hornets and the Mavs. Then you get the Grizzlies a couple more times. So, like, yeah, strength of schedule is not very strong at this point, but I'm starting to wonder if maybe most of that's got to do with how weak the rest of the league is compared to the top teams. I think that's really the case, honestly. And that we just didn't really face that we're not facing all of the strong teams up front like everyone else like the thing is if anything i think we're facing them more backloaded right and that's something i'm starting to wonder maybe the reason why we're i'm having a hard time trying to see what strength the schedule really is doing to us is because a lot of these teams really are you know mediocre and not very good okay you want to know something crazy what? The Nets have the same record as the Cleveland Cavaliers. They actually beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, too. 
How is that possible? How are the Brooklyn Nets without Jeremy Lin as good as the Cavaliers right now? How did they win three games? That's why I want to know. How did they win three games? You mean Dewey? Maybe. Why didn't it work last time? Because they were out both Jeremy Lin and quite a few players. I think they were actually kind of injured last year. I mean, they did tra- trade Brook Lopez for Delangelo Russell, I think. So maybe just Russell was just that good. Maybe, and who knows? Or maybe they reworked the system to actually allow them to be better. Let's see. What other interesting things to note from here? There's only two get- teams that are winless right now. The Bulls and the Knicks. Yeah, sounds about right. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, that's kind of like around the league as it is right now. Nothing crazy, but, you know, it, it, it still, what's the term, pad our stats, inflate our record, inflate our record. I'll take it. So, why don't we preview the uh, Orlando game? How do you think that one's going to go? I think we're going to beat them because, you know, we saw that preseason game and we were demolishing them right until we threw the uh, fourth string guys out there. And that's when they beat us in the preseason. So I don't really, I don't fear them at all. Yeah, well, the only reason why I think that we should, I don't, I don't think we should fear them, but we should be a little bit more cautious is because a couple of the guys have gone off. Aaron Gordon is starting to break out. And, of course, Simmons is playing phenomenal over there. Well, from what I saw. So I think that they're a team that if you sleep on them, they'll catch you. And I just hope that the Spurs don't sleep on them. And that's the thing, I don't think they'll sleep on them, because they technically do have the best record in the East. It's not like they're a bad team or anything. Oh, they're the first in the East right now? Uh, right now, but that's just got to do with uh, divisional and all that other stuff. You know how it is. Yeah, so we definitely don't need to sleep on them, because otherwise they'll catch us. But I think we pl- play them strong, you know, play our game, treat them with respect, and play as hard as we can, then yeah, I think we'll win. Right, honestly, I think the only thing we'll really have to worry about will be that back-to-back with the Pacers and the Celtics because, you know, it's a back-to-back, and it's almost always one of those back-to-backs where they get you. I think the only thing that we can take solidarity in is the fact that, you know, the the Celtics are crippled right now, and the Pacers aren't that good right now. You mean that they kind of suck? Right, so because of that, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to make it to Golden State without losing, but I do think it's a distinct possibility. Yeah. So hopefully everything will go well. And again, hopefully Kawhi will come back before the Warriors game. No doubt. Is there anything else around the league that you think we should talk about? Um, Honestly, I feel like we kind of talked about everything we need to talk about since nothing really truly relates to the sports. Though I was kind of happy that <laughs> the uh, Lakers beat the um, Wizards so that the Spoilers could be one step closer to being the only undefeated team. <laughs> that was funny. Speaking of the Lakers, I think we have to talk about freaking Lonzo Ball and his dad at some point, don't we? Isn't that like required for basketball podcasts nowadays? Well, we'll talk about him when we actually get to the Lakers, which won't be a full, for a while because, quite frankly, I could care less about LaVar Ball. What, you're not a big baller? You don't believe in the big baller brand? I mean, whatever works for them, and if I don't blame them for wanting to monet, you know, monetize their own brand and try to start up a good business and using, you know, your store power if you have any. I'm not above that, but you know, it it is what it is, you know. 
Man, you've got such a boring reaction to that. I was kind of hoping you'd give me something, anything. Come on, man. What can I say? There's just... There's nothing that I can really say to Laval Ball. I mean, everything that has been... Needs to be said has already been said, and quite frankly, I feel like we're saying too much about it right now. <laughs> All right, then. Um, you know, I was just reminded about something on ESPN that uh, one of the commentators mentioned that got me thinking. Apparently, they replaced like four or five refs this season. That they've got a much younger referee team than we're used to. Is how do you think that's affecting games and how it's being, uh, you know, refereed? It'll either do one or two things. Either one, it'll force the referees to, have to you know, play stricter. Well, not you know, I mean, able to play. I mean, use ref the world games stricter, right? Because they are younger, that they'll have to be t- have them on a title leash. So it could either, one, allow the referee to get better, or two, have the referee be even worse because you have inexperienced people on the floor. So it could go either way. I'm hoping that both of them cancel each other out and we can have at least decent refereeing, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Right. I will say that in this early season, even though there there was a lot of ticky-tack fouls going on, none of them are egregious. Like, when you see the replay, you'll see the foul, and you use, you know, even though in any other era of basketball, like even five years ago, they would have just let you play on, technically it is a part of the rules. Like, some of these fouls, it's like, yeah, technically that's a foul. Most of us wouldn't count it, but it is technically. So there's nothing where it's like, that was an egregious missed call, or, oh, that, that, was totally not a foul. What are you doing? At least when you see the replay. Obviously, you see it in real time. You go, oh, that wasn't a foul. But then you see the replay, and it's like, okay, fine. Technically, it was a foul. Yeah, and I think getting rid of the Harden-esque fouls really, um, you know. Oh, that helps so much. Wasn't there, was it last, was it this game or the game before where someone legitimately tried to pull a Harden foul, and we just laughed at his face because... We knew that you couldn't do that anymore. I wanted to say it was this game. I can't remember who did it, but I want to say it was the Heat game. Yeah, but I'm I'm so glad they took that away because that was the most annoying part of the NBA last season. People just jumping into people for no reason and the, the screener forcing the guy to bump into the shooter. It was just a mess. Yeah, and I was a little worried at the first game of the season when we were facing the Timberwolves that we'd have trouble with, you know, the Zaza rule and not letting people out. But I think once Pop saw that, he wheeled them and said, okay, guys, we're going to relearn how to defend jump shooters on the three-point line, and we're going to make sure that they don't, that we don't get in this position again, and we haven't had a trouble with that foul call ever since. Yeah, and even then, wasn't it really only the younger guys who really tripped that? Yeah, it was really more of DeJounte, so I think Pop just wheeled him in. Yeah, you know, because that's just one of those things. You're young, you're... Excited! It's the first real game of the season, so you know he's things getting happen. to start. Exactly, things happen. But no, it looks like the the close future for the Spurs is really bright right now. You know? Yeah, let's just hope that the uh, for the future will stay that bright, if not even brighter. Okay, I think we're probably gonna end it there. We've pretty much run out of topics. It's another shorter episode, but you know it is what it is. When there's only so much news to go around. I'm starting to get what JD meant when he said that you can't go on and on for an hour every week or every episode, I should say. Yeah, but still, we're getting a good amount of time, about half an hour, roughly. Then again, I also think some of that was due to me underestimating how many podcasts a week we'd have to produce. When I first thought about it, I was thinking about the weekly podcast format. It didn't occur to me that, you know, you're doing an episode for every game and there's like three or four games every week. 
Yeah, but again, it's all determined on how much news that's going on. Sometimes it's big news. Like, remember, the reason the second episode was pretty long, too, was because there was a lot of injuries. Well, this time, there's, not as, there's like, no injuries. Everyone who's injured is healing up. And there hasn't been really been any big upsets that we haven't already mentioned. Right, and I think this is also where some of the, the Spurs' consistency and their consistency and success is starting to hurt this a little bit. Because, like, if DeJounte had a great game on this game and then Conley Anderson had a great game the next game or LaMarcus was going off on this game and Danny Green was doing this game, but they've been so consistently good all the games they've played that it's hard to, you know, it's... It's hard to say anything new when you're just repeating what you said last episode and the episode before that ad nauseum, you know? Yeah, but I think it's good because we get to have these type of discussions. And remember, there's still some things that, you know, we have to seem to account. For instance, again, Kawhi's on the heel. We will have plenty to talk about when Kawhi comes back. We get to talk about how we see him fit into the offense. We get to talk about his own performance. And of course, same will happen for Tony Parker when he comes back. And we'll probably even do the same for Joffrey when he comes back eventually. Who we didn't really mention too much because he did get, you know, a ankle sprain. And he isn't really that, like, he's a good backup, but he's not really, like, an integral part of the rotation. He's just a good backup that we have, that we, we like. He gives our bigs rest. Yeah, and he doesn't hemorrhage points. Yeah, I think that's more important. He gives our bigs rest and he's not a absolute liability on defense. Yeah, so. he's a decent defender, which is all we really need out of a backup big. Okay, that's something we can talk about before we wrap this up. The defense, though. Because that's something we've, we've talked about, but we haven't really gone too much into. How consistent and how good our defense has been this season so far? Because, yeah, the last two seasons our defense was good, but it was never this good this early. Well, I think really what really helps that is just that everyone who is on the defense was already a decent defender. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that the scheme, a lot of them already have experience. Most of the team is from last year, so they have experience in the defensive schemes. They know what they need to do. They know how to communicate. And the people who are joining already have built into their own personal play styles communicating on defense. Like, Rudy Gay may not be the best one-on-one defender, but he communicates. You, you see it. You hear it on the floor. Joffrey, you know, he may not have gotten that much minutes, but you can tell he communicates on the floor. Yeah, and of course, there's always going to be miscommunication, but it it hasn't happened anywhere new as much as I've seen it last year. Like, that's the thing I've been saying for the past few podcasts. A lot of the stuff I've been seeing, yeah, it happens, but I saw it way worse last year than this year, and that's great. And I think the other thing, and this is really where what makes the perceived value of the defense so much better right now than it was this time last season, is just how many blocks there have been. Like, I knew there were blocks here and there, but they never felt so often and so on point that they have these past four games. Oh, no no doubt. And another thing that I think really helps that we really need to talk more about, rebounds. Rebounds. We have been clash- crashing the glass. This is where going small has also been us going tall. Like, here's what I mean. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going small in terms of, you know, we don't have too many bigs, but... We make the joke, but DeJounte's seven-foot wingspan. Danny Green was also known as a longer, uh, you know, as a longer uh, shooting, shooting guard. Kawhi Leonard has an amazing wingspan. Lamarcus, you know, he's tall. Powell's tall. Kyle is a. <laughs> Kyle is a. I Kyle was has no position. Like they, he gets put at a guard, put out a powerful, put out a small forward. He has no position. He yeah. is just. 
Kyle. We could play the point if we wanted to. We've actually played him at the point a couple of times, not just this season, but quite often in the off season. Yeah, so so like, and he can rebound. Like everyone, everyone is rebounding. Everyone is shoot is shooting pretty well for the most part. Uh, Dejounte's jump shot notwithstanding, but everyone is just doing all the little things. And like because we're so long, we can crash the glass. We can get those offensive rebounds that are really good for getting second and third chances. And, of course, we prevent them, the other team, from getting those offensive rebounds that give them second and third chances. The real test for the rebounding battle will, will probably be either the Clippers with, you know, Blake and DeAndre, or the Bucks because they are so long. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. No doubt. So I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, any final words, man? As always... Go Spurs Go. Go Spurs Go. See y'all next time.